What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Thursday, May 24th. Well, actually, we're around the midnight, uh, midnight-ish here. Uh, so I guess you could technically say it's Friday the 25th, but I started this whole process with this episode on the 24th, which is Thursday. So whatever, whatever you like, I leave it to you. Either Thursday night, Friday morning. This is episode number 63. Uh, great episode I have for you. Uh, I got a, a bunch of cool things that I want to talk about. And also, um, I would first like to thank everybody for their comments on iTunes. I'm getting more and more comments on iTunes, positive feedback. And uh, so cool to keep seeing the podcast uh, gain, gaining numbers, gaining listeners. And uh, that's awesome. So thank you again. And please, um, I encourage and I appreciate. I love seeing the, uh, the comments on iTunes or Podbean or wherever. I'm seeing more and more of them. But um, I like them on, on iTunes because that's where people download this thing for free. So um, please go there. Or if you know somebody that listens to the podcast show, uh, tell them that, uh, you know, totally appreciate the uh, comments on iTunes and keep them coming. So I do thank you very much. Uh, okay, uh, I'd like to start the podcast by um, just kind of wrapping up what happened at the end of last weekend. I um, I finished the week the weekend out uh, middling uh, for uh, John Witherspoon. Uh, like I said on the last episode, John Witherspoon was the father in Friday and next Friday, the Friday after next, he was also you know the the Wayne's Brothers uh, sitcom. He's been in a ton of movies. You know who he is. Um, I opened up for him, and I got to tell you, man, it was great. Uh, really nice guy. We didn't socialize too much. He kind of does his own thing. But 40-year um, vet and really funny. You know, I didn't know what to expect. He's an old-school guy, and he, you know, just has, you know, I mean, when you've been doing this for 40 years, I'm sure you're set in your ways. And, you know, also his age, I think he's like 70 years old. He's an old-school guy. But um, really funny. I watched what he did. You know, and he comes out dressed really kind of flashy and he dances and he does lines from his movie uh, or the movies that he was in. And I'm like, man, I wonder if this whole thing is going to be like this. And that was not the case, man. He he went into jokes that were relevant. He was extremely funny. Just his whole just his whole persona, the, just the way that he, you know, delivered things and said things. At, at one point, he had me and a couple comedians like almost running out of the room laughing in the back. Totally funny and so refreshing to see a 70-year-old talk about things that are relevant today. So um, it was great. It was really, really uh, good week. I also worked with uh, Angela Lozada. Very funny. Did a great job hosting, man. And, you know, it was just um, a good time all around. So that was a great weekend. And, uh, again, thanks to uh, Levity Live, they, they had me there headlining my show which went great and then they you know asked me to come the next two nights and that was awesome and then Thursday night I'm, I'm sorry and then Sunday night I went down to stand up New York and I closed both the eight o'clock show and the 10 o'clock show which was great so it was a great uh just a full just a stand-up packed week and um it was awesome so uh, thanks to everybody who came out to the shows. I really enjoyed myself. And most importantly, I'm just really happy because I'm doing a ton of new shit, putting a ton of, just ton of new honest things out there on stage and seeing how, how they're working and, and how the act and material is evolving. And, and I'm having a great time with it. So that was cool to see. Uh, 
All right, uh, something that I wanted to share, I posted it on Facebook, and uh, I'll share with you guys. I'll even get a little more into it um, than just a posting to make my, uh, you know, the Verzi effectors out there, everybody listening to my podcast, uh, give them more inside stuff on, on how this thing works. But I will be once again writing for the ESPN SB Awards this year. That will be hosted by Rob Riggle. Uh, last year, they were hosted for the second time by Seth Myers. And it was awesome. I just, we submitted a ton of jokes. I submitted a lot of writing in. And um, I thought that three of them were going to make the air because you kind of find out and have a good sense of which jokes you're writing are going to are gonna make it or like have a good chance. They kind of say, oh, you know, he really likes this. This is on it. You know, this made the last day. But then there's so many writers. There's so many people that are, you know, part of this that, um, you know, they got to get theirs in, and, you know, so there are last-minute cuts, but I was fortunate enough um, that I got the joke on, that was the edgiest joke last year on the ESPYs, was the Kim Kardashian, Chris Humphreys joke, which kind of made the crowd ooh and on, got a lot of laughs, so it was kind of cool to be part of the edgiest joke that Seth put out there, but um, just the fact that I was able to um, get my writing in there, and and they, they felt the way they did about it was awesome. So uh, the people, you know, kind of knew about it and the people that I were involved with doing it last year said, hey, you know, send some stuff this year and that's what I'm going to do. So it's it's going to be cool. Rob Riggle is, uh, for you people not familiar, Rob Riggle, uh, he made a cameo in Talladega Nights. His uh, big role, funny role, was in Step Brothers. He played like the, the right-hand man to Will Farrell's uh, brother. Uh, he was the guy in the office who went, pow! And he goes, I don't know, it's just something about your face. I just want to I just want to sock you right in the face. And, he, and Will Ferrell goes, is there anything I could do to to make that go away? He goes, no, no, it's just your face. Uh, that's Rob Riggle. Really funny. He was a correspondent on The Daily Show, I believe, with uh, Jon Stewart. So he's hosting it. He's a super big sports fan. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to doing it again. Um, now, here's the a, here's a thing about writing for the ESPYs, which is a tricky, different type of exercise I guess or especially for a comedian like me first of all you want to find out like what their voice is like when you're writing for something like that so like me it was I guess it will be I guess I should say it'll be a little more difficult this time because Seth Meyers I you know I'm a huge Saturday Night Live fan I have been since I've been a little boy so like you know watching him deliver the jokes on Weekend Update made it easier you know watching him speak he was kind of you know around a lot more uh, Rob Riggle is just kind of, he seems like a, just a nice down to earth, but he's a huge sports fan, but he seems more of like anything goes type of thing where he can do sketches. He can do, you know, you, you don't know if he's going to yell. You don't know if he's just going to tell regular straight up jokes. So the challenging part for this is going to be to try to find the voice for him. Um, but, but I'm really looking forward to it. And like I said, after, uh, last year's ESPYs, it was really, such a cool feeling to be sitting in my living room and I'm sitting on the recliner and I'm watching the ESPYs that are going on live in Los Angeles and I'm here in New York and I'm seeing my, you know, Seth Meyers say my joke in front of the crowd and it gets a reaction like that. It was fucking awesome and I'm looking forward to doing it again. Um, but I guess what, what I'm going to do and how I'm going to go about this one is just kind of write the regular monologue type jokes, like the quick jokes, but, you know, obviously putting the sports twist onto it. And then after finding out, you know, and then you find out about like, 
you know, what he would do or how he's like, and then you could kind of narrow down which ones he would use or not. But you, that's that's the only way to really go about this. You know, it, it's going to be a little challenging, especially for a comedian like me. I'm not 100% clean. I am dirty. I am edgy. I talk about things that kind of do make the room a little uncomfortable sometimes. So now I have to kind of go back to that, um, you know, the monologue type of, you know, Letterman or Leno or Fallon type going out there and being funny, but being super clean for, you know, middle America, you know, people who watch TV all the time. Uh, Last time, another thing that worked for me was, like I said, I was writing a a late night clean set. And the cool thing is, ironically, I'm going to be writing another one. So hopefully the quick jokes and the quick punchlines that come will help the exercise of writing for uh, writing for this year's ESPYs. So the next month should be pretty cool. Um, it's funny because last year when I wrote for the ESPYs is how I got my beard. Um, I never had a beard my entire life and we were up all night for days writing and I got, grew a beard and I had to rush out of the house and I didn't have a chance to shave it. So I just trimmed it and when I went out, everybody loved it. So I kind of kept it. So here I am almost a year later with the beard. So we'll see what happens this time. But it, it, it should be fun. It's going to be a little nuts because I have a, a daughter and a son now. So uh, with <laughs> with the writing and the newborn and the three-year-old and everything else, it's going to be pretty interesting to see uh, how I can do this. But you know, hopefully I can get get this stuff in and, and get some stuff on the air. So I'm really excited about it. Uh, and I believe the ESPYs are July 11th. So the writing uh, will begin. The writing is, this is going to all start within a day or so here. So check it out. Um, and that's it. You know, it was nice to know that they knew who I, you know, who I was and they were like, hey, you know, do it again. You get a step closer to, you know, getting these writing credits and, and, um, Plus, I'm a sports fan, so this is ideal. You know, you're a sports fan and you're a comedian. To be able to put both together and be part of something that uh, millions and millions of people are going to be watching is awesome. Um, Now, I wanted to talk about something that I've been talking about with comedians and something hit me today. And I said, you know something? When I do the podcast, I'm going to fucking talk about this today. Um, It's... It's something that it hit me. I was like, why? Why is that the way that it is? And then finally it hit me. That's why it is. And I think that this is going to be really interesting. Um, Probably, I'm not going to lie, probably more for people who are really either stand-up comedy nerds, stand-up comedians, you know, stand-up comedians themselves, um, you know. But if you are a casual comedy fan and you want to hear something pretty cool, don't turn this off. Uh, just listen, hear me out, and uh, hopefully I can make this make sense. Uh, hopefully this is not one of these things that just makes sense to me. But, you know, I was talking to a bunch of comedians and friends of mine about how, you know, a comedian evolves and how things kind of start to click and start to make sense. And I was talking to a buddy and I was saying, you know, not caring, you know, when you just really don't care about what the audience thinks, okay? And now that could sound, well, what do you mean what the audience thinks? They're the people that you're there, they're the people that are there and you're there for them and you're gonna, you know, but as a comedian, 
we're so programmed and, and and obviously to speak into a microphone, the crowd of people laughs, wait, I'm doing my job. But as I've grown in this business and as I feel like I'm getting more respect amongst my peers, amongst industry, and as I'm just looking at my act going, holy shit, like this is starting to make sense and I'm getting this and I'm scratching the surface of something here. And the reason I am is because of brutal honesty and speaking from the heart. As a matter of fact, Patrice O'Neill's advice um, to, to a comedian was, speak from your heart, asshole, regardless, regardless of what people think. Now, that's very hard for comedians sometimes because we're prideful, okay? We want to be accepted. We, we want the shit that we're saying on stage people to love, okay? So we fall into this habit of we say some shit, people laugh at it, but then you break down what you really said, and is it something that anybody can just say? Is it a surface laugh? Is it, is it easy? Or, or even if it's not easy, is it really, is it, is it that different laugh, that laugh where it's like, holy shit, like that guy went to like a deep, dark place or an honest place and found the funny and the place still exploded as opposed to doing just a surface laugh or, or even getting a, an explosive laugh, but it's just not that, wow, that was like memorable. And st- you know what I mean? It's almost like we always talk about, oh, well, you know, that comedian got a laugh. That's just a regular laugh. You know, it's funny. And the crowd will say, hey, that guy who went on third was funny. But what you're ultimately trying to do is you want to say, hey, man, that fucking, that dude who went on third, man, he, he said something. That was memorable. That's the difference. And that's what, you know, I'm hopefully, uh, that's what I'm doing now. And that's what I'm hopefully going to continue to do because I'm starting to realize that, you know, I don't give a fuck if you don't like what I'm saying anymore. I don't care what the crowd is thinking anymore or if the crowd doesn't even like me. Now, that doesn't mean some people can totally totally, you know, misunderstand that. So what do you mean? You don't care what you're doing? No, no. I care more now than what I'm doing about what I'm doing than ever. But I know that I'm trying to get great and the bigger picture is better than this audience now. That's what I'm trying to say. So I was asking myself, why and when did you did you stop caring what the audience thought? Okay. Like why it's almost like you want some people to not get it because if everybody gets it, you're not doing something. Something is not right. You need to go somewhere where not everybody's going to get it and you need to not care about those people that don't like it. So I was thinking to myself and I was saying, well, what, why, why don't I care what the audience thinks? What changed where I just wanted to fucking kill everywhere all the time, make anybody on the show I'm with work as opposed to now you just want to. You know, and, you, and it's a smart thing, I think. You're looking for the bigger picture. You're trying to be great. If this crowd's not liking it, that's fine, but I'm growing because I'm throwing new stuff out there and I'm speaking from my heart. And I realized why. And the reason why I don't care anymore, and this is something why new comedians, it's going to be really hard for them to go right there. It's almost impossible because I know that I'm funny. I know that I can kill at any time with a certain set. And I'm not saying that to be arrogant, but I can, I'll kill at any time with the jokes that I know work. But what is that doing? That's just doing what? That's just doing shit that I know that that's not, didn't, you know, didn't feel good to do that. Doesn't feel good to do that. You know, you know you can do that. I could write a set right now, fly all over America, do the same set and kill everywhere. But that doesn't make me, like that, that means, yeah, he's funny, he's doing his job. That doesn't make me 
good fucking comedian. That doesn't make me great. That doesn't make you try to get better. The reason I stopped caring is because I know I could do that and I just have enough shows under my belt where I truly know in my heart I'm funny and now I'm trying to get someplace special. That's the difference. And that's insanely hard for a young comedian to do because they really don't know what they're capable of yet. They're new. They just want to get laughs and go. So it's actually easy for someone to say, oh, just be real. Just be real on stage because you're... You know, you, 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 the honesty, just be more honest and people will get it. Yeah, that's true, but that's really hard because what if just going up there and being honest, but you don't have any fucking technique, you don't know how to structure a joke, and then all of a sudden people don't like it, and and now you're like, oh, shit. You know, maybe I don't, maybe I shouldn't do that. So it took me all those shows. It takes young comedians all these shows to find out, you know what, I am good, I am funny, but now it's time to turn a corner and really fucking evolve. And if this crowd doesn't like the new stuff or the stuff that's really from the heart, that's fine. But when I get there, those other crowds will, you know, and that's the difference. And that's what I, that's what hit me today. And I said, man, I got to talk about this because it is the realest feeling, you know, it's almost like you say to young comedians, just be honest and real, that'll help you. But they don't even know what the fuck they're doing yet. So so they just want to get laughs because they feel good. Okay, I went to a show, I got on stage, the people laughed, good. You kind of need that too. It's very hard for somebody to just go up unless you're starting later on in life. And um, that's what I've been talking to people about. So I hope that made sense. And I hope, uh, you know, not only comedians get that. I hope other people listening are like, oh, okay. You know, so, and again, you don't want to sabotage your set. You don't want to make, you know, make the audience not like you. But what I'm saying is just throwing something real out there from your heart, honest. You know, perfect example of this is uh, the John Witherspoon shows I did. The first show Saturday was a lot of couples. You could tell they were more like dates, not really the comedy purists. Uh, I've seen this guy on TV and in movies and, you know, let's go on a date and see him. And I was saying some really fucking real shit, man, like disturbing shit. And some of them, like, I even think I heard someone say, oh, man, he's crazy or he's fuck, he's got problems or something. And then the next crowd came in, the late show Saturday crowd that, like, likes comedy too. And I felt like they were a better comedy. Not to say the first crowd wasn't good, but I thought the second crowd, all that stuff they, like, appreciated. People come up and go, man, when you said it, that was real. You know, lately I've been doing shows where people are like, man, that's truth. That's real right there. That's the difference. And if those people that do leave and say, oh, this guy's got problems or I can't believe he would say that don't like me or want to follow me and be a fan of me, that's fine. But that's I'm not I'm not there for them anymore. I'm not there for those fucking people. You know, if you can't see what I'm doing or what I'm trying to do or what I'm saying, that's fine. Maybe my shit's not for you, but I want to weed them out and bring the other people to me. And it took a long, long time of knowing you're funny and proving it to now having the tools to say, now I can fucking, I feel like now I can. So that's what that whole thing was about. That's your answer. That's fucking why. I hope that helps. God, I think that is such a fucking great thing for a young comedian to hear. You lucky pigs. If you're a young comedian listening to this right now, you know, so go out there, do your funny shit. Go out there and get your laughs and do everything, you know. But try to do it honest, try to do it real, and I and, and I know it's it's a very, very tough thing. I remember one of the hardest things that I've ever did was, um, you know, leave a show knowing that, like, you weren't the funniest on the show or the crowd didn't think you were the funniest. You know, it's one of the hardest things because you know what you're capable of. 
But so listen, and, and I'm not saying that you have to go out there and just talk about all real dark stuff because you probably don't even know how to fucking structure it yet or you don't know how to, you know, you need the confidence and the shows under your belt to get there. So I guess what I'm saying is if you can find a way to throw the honest stuff in there with your other stuff and until you really get it down because you're going to have to evolve. Nobody could tell you anything. And you're going to go, oh, that's I didn't know that. Oh, now I got it. No, you're going to have to evolve. You're going to go out there. You're going to do shitty jokes. You're going to do easy surface jokes that get gets laughs. And when somebody says, well, why aren't you being honest or, or just be honest? Because you want to go out there, be honest, and then not know how to fucking be honest. You have to understand and have a voice. That's the point. And that's why I've been saying don't care. But why are you saying don't care? That's exactly fucking why. You know, the, the late, great Mike DiStefano, somebody asked him, um, you know, you started doing comedy at 32 years old. Did you feel behind the eight ball? And he said, no, I didn't feel behind the eight ball because I had a fucking voice. And from the first time I got on stage, he was through so much shit in his life. You know, fucking horrible things in his life and death and drugs and abuse and all kinds of shit in his life. That by the time he went through all that hell, he lived a fucking lifetime already. And he gets on stage and he had a voice and he was able to do it. But if you're a young comedian, you don't. You have to experience things. So, of course, you're going to care and just want to get laughs. But once you get to a certain level, you just got to say what the fuck you got to say and find the funny in it. Um, which I which I was really, which I was glad it hit me. Because everybody kept saying it, and I've heard other comedians, when you stop really caring what they think of you, when you just go up there and do what you do and say what you want to say. And I, th- I don't even know. I, I might have been in the shower or something, and I was like, oh, I know why I don't give a fuck if the crowd leaves, if the crowd leaves and doesn't like me. Because I know I'm funny. Fuck them. I'll be funny for the next crowd. I'm working this shit out. They're lucky they're seeing a, an up-and-coming comedian work it out. Not in an arrogant way, but that's that's the mentality that you need to have. So um, I thought that that was pretty fucking cool. And uh, hopefully, you know, that helps make a lot of people understand. Because I've heard even audience members say, Well, how come that, that comedian was... Uh, I've seen him before and he was real funny, but now he was doing all kinds of stuff and I didn't know, you know, they pay to see sometimes you do the shit that they know. Uh, And I guess, you know, if you're paying for it, but, you know, you can't, an artist needs to, a real artist needs to work. A real artist needs to evolve and write. That's how I feel about it. Um, So that was my little, uh, I guess that was my little comedy epiphany where you don't give a shit anymore or why. So take it. Do what you want with it. If you don't like it, fuck you. That's what I felt like talking about. That was one thing that I wanted to get out on this one. And uh, if you're a young comedian, that should be fucking... Hopefully makes sense to you. Okay, let's go right into movies. Okay, we're going to transition this into uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's movie, The Dictator. I had to see it. As a matter of fact, while I was in the car driving to the comedy club... I heard a, 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 an ad on the radio in the car of this movie, and I was laughing out loud. This guy, to me, is one of the fucking funniest movie characters and funniest characters of the last 10 years. Borat's hilarious. The Ali G show was hilarious. Let me tell you something. If you are home, okay, and you have nothing to do on a rainy day or a weekend, you owe it to yourself if you have any sort of sense of humor, to get the the full DVD set of the Ali G show and watch it because it is hysterical. Crying of laughter, the Borat character, that's where all this stuff that he did, it's great. And then this movie, The Dictator, the only thing I didn't really like about it was 
It was only an hour and 20 minutes long. But, you know, he's really edgy, the things he says. But at the same time, he's edgy. He's also making a statement and really smart about how society works, how politics and government work, kind of mocking the whole system. And, you know, the dictator stuff that he was doing in there is really, really funny. Um, I like silly over-the-top comedies. I loved MacGruber. You know, I loved all of the, you know, the naked guns, the literal humor, the Wayne's Brothers, Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood, all that shit I love, Airplane, just all of those silly over-the-top movies where people say, oh my God, this is so stupid, but those funny parts, like this, this was really funny, and it had a funny storyline. I, I think, I think it's a home run. Um, I don't smoke weed anymore. Okay, but if I smoked weed and I saw the dictator, I would probably fucking have to be surgically something would happen because there were some parts I went with my older brother and we were crying of laughter. So if you like funny, silly, goofy, over the top, I mean don't go into it thinking you're gonna see a fucking you know, you're not gonna go you're not going to see Casablanca or whatever. And I never even saw Casablanca. I just know that's a classic, so I probably shouldn't have said that because I'd probably see Casablanca now. What the fuck is this? But you know what I mean. You're not going to go in there and see The Godfather. You're going to go in there and see an over-the-top, completely silly, insane, but really funny movie. Um, so totally, totally go and see it. Uh, I'm actually going to... That's a DVD I'm buying just because it's one of those when you come home, you want to throw something in, go to bed, laugh. That's, that's the movie to do it with. Okay, um, that's it for movies. I didn't see anything else, and I have no intention of seeing fucking Battleship. Let me just say this. I've gotten into some fights and some arguments with some friends, comedian friends, uh, family members, or actually the family member that I talked to about this actually agreed. So uh, my, my, <laughs> my family was on the same page with this. But acting is fucking easy sometimes. Now listen, I'm not talking about Pacino acting or like, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman or who's the dude from um, Gangs of New York, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Like those guys, that's another level of acting. That's like the, you know, that's when you're talking about the Larry Birds and the Magic Johnsons, the Michael Jordans. Like that's a different level. That's an art form. That's unbelievable. Okay. But come on, man. Fucking Rihanna is in Battleship. Rihanna, the singer Rihanna, is fucking in Battleship. It's going to be like, you know, uh, uh, what is it, Transformers in the Water, and, and Rihanna's sitting there behind a fucking cannon. You want me to believe some pop star is some badass Navy chick? I mean, I guess it could happen, but I fucking doubt it. The Chicken Precious, you know, that fucking, I almost, that was horrible. I almost called her a monster, and I, I didn't mean to say it like that. I just meant the size of her, which is still fucking horrible. But <laughs> the Chicken fucking uh, Precious... She went to one casting call audition and she was nominated for an Oscar or something. You know, it's a, it's ridiculous. Fucking Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg and all these guys. I know some of them develop, like they become a good actor, but to get the role, it, it, it seems like it doesn't fucking, it's not hard to get the role if you're a certain individual. You know? Who was the other one in a fuck? You know, Eminem. I'm not taking anything away from Eminem. He's one of my favorite rappers. I actually think lyrically he's one of the greatest ever. He did a great job in 8 Mile. You know, he studied for like three months to act, and then he goes into 8 Mile and he fucking killed it. I mean, I know he was playing himself, but that just goes to to show you that if, you know, a lot of people can do it. A lot of people can do it. You know, not a lot of people can do stand-up, I don't think. Not a lot of people could fucking sing like a bird. You know, not a lot of people could dance good, and I wouldn't, wouldn't be one of them even if I could. But, like, I just think the acting thing 
it just I think that there's a certain few that really expose the art for being this beautiful, unbelievable, you know, just taking yourself out of yourself and, and, and becoming another character, which is amazing. I think that there are some that do it and just totally show how hard it is. But I also think that these fucking movies that these people get in, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And I've argued with a lot of people, you know. But I just feel like it's it's a little... When you go to one casting call and you could be nominated for a fucking... It just means that, you know, you were you were able to play that part. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say, but you know what I mean. It's just, you know, you see a fucking pop star in their first movie and it could be a blockbuster and then all of a sudden they got actor next to their name. And then meanwhile you got actors and people have been studying all over the place and, you know, they can't get their fucking wrist in a, in a, in a watch commercial. Um, but I have no desire to see Battleship. And, you know, I mean, it would, it would be one of those things where if I went to the movie theater and had nothing to see and it was the only thing that worked timing-wise, I would see it. Or if I was on the road bored out of my mind in Kentucky somewhere, I'd be like, fuck it, I gotta go see something. But I'm not, I'm not going out of my way to see that one. Um, the new Mark Wahlberg movie from the guys that do Family Guy, uh, Seth MacFarlane, uh, the movie Ted, I think I might have to see that. That's one that you look at and you're like, oh my god, if I smoked weed. But I uh, know Dictator, man. Dictator did it for me. So go and see that. Now it's time we're going to get into a little bit of sports. Got a lot to talk about with the NBA playoffs. I talked about the LeBron James thing. As a matter of fact, uh, tonight Dwayne Wade went off. Here's the thing. It's so obvious now to see why LeBron James went to Miami. He's clearly not the guy. He has moments of being the guy. He can do anything that he wants to do. But Dwayne Wade, 41 points tonight. The last couple of games, Dwayne Wade has just been an absolute machine, and that's why they beat the Pacers. The Pacers are out of the playoffs, and the Heat are moving on to the Eastern Conference uh, Finals against the winner of um, the 76ers or the Celtics. Uh, which probably should be the Celtics considering they're playing that Game 7 in Boston. So it'll be the Heat and, and the Celtics going at it, I think. But you never know. The Sixers Sixers are playing good. And, um, you know, either way I want to see the, the Heat lose. But I think the team that's going to beat the Heat in the finals, I'm sticking to it. I've been saying it. I've been saying it a lot on this podcast too. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder um, are going to beat the San Antonio Spurs. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to beat the San Antonio Spurs in six games. I predicted them to beat the Lakers in five games. And guess what, folks? They did. And if you say, oh, you're full of shit, no, you didn't, go back to my podcast. That's the beauty of doing this podcast. I got shit documented. This is like my diary. I used to have a, a diary where I would write things about shows and everything that went on. Now I have it all downloaded and I have it, uh, you know, on my computer and I'll talk about it instead of sitting there writing. That's the beauty of it. And you could get the thought out quicker and not fuck up with the pen. But I said that they would, uh, I said, what did I say? I'll actually tell you exactly what I said. I said the Oklahoma City Thunder will beat the Lakers. I'd be surprised if it went six. You know, it may go six, but I'd be surprised and I would be utterly shocked and stunned if it went seven. Guess what, folks? It went five. Now, I understand the San Antonio Spurs have not lost a game in the playoffs, but the Oklahoma City Thunder have only lost one game in the playoffs, and it could have went either way. So I think it's going to be a great battle. I'm predicting Oklahoma City to beat them in six. I think they're younger. I think they're faster. I think it's Kevin Durant's time. I think they have the right pieces. I think if they knock out the Spurs, they're absolutely going to win a title. 
um, because I just don't, I just, the, I think the heat are too hot and cold up and down and, uh, who knows what's going to happen. So I'm sticking to that, but you know what, you know what I don't like? And actually this will be unacceptable for the week. These sports announcers and these analysts who give a prediction and then totally back away from the prediction. Like I heard this one guy on ESPN go, listen, I think, you know, I could see Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is going to beat them, I think. I think Oklahoma City will beat them in six. But it could go either way. I mean, the Spurs could beat them. It's like, what? that's not a prediction. You're, 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 paid, you're paid a lot of money to sit on ESPN and make a prediction or give people what and why you think it, you know? God, that doesn't make any sense to me. You, like that's that just just say what you think. I mean, listen. I understand. It's you're not a doctor. It's not like you're gonna go up to somebody. All right, listen, man. Is a chance the tumors are gonna come back? I don't think so. But listen, this could go either way. That shit could come back. You'll be fucking dead in a month. You know, you don't do that. You, I mean, it, it's not like that. You 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 just stick to it. You're getting paid to do sports. Relax. Nobody's gonna fucking kill you. You sit down there. You look at the game. You take it in. Okay. You make an educated. You know. You know decision on what you think is going to happen. Okay, I saw enough. They're going to beat them in six for this reason and that reason. You know, but to just go, yeah, I think uh, a paid fucking sports guy, <laughs> a paid sports guy. Yeah, listen, I think it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be um Oklahoma City's going to win. They're going to beat them, okay? I'll tell you what though, the Spurs could beat them too. Like what what the fuck am I listening to? Unacceptable. People that don't predict because they're afraid. I can't stand that shit. Unacceptable for the week. Any professional sports reporter who says something but then doesn't commit to it and backtracks and says that. So you're stealing money doing that shit. Stealing money, I think. Doesn't make any sense. Stick to it. But guess what? You people, you listen to the Verzi effect. You listen to somebody who watches a lot of sports. Um, and... You know, there were there were things that were going on. I probably shouldn't say this, but there were things that were going on where me and um, me and somebody else were actually talking about doing a sports comedy sports show. And everyone was like, man, you guys would fucking kill it. But I don't know. We don't know about that yet. But I will tell you this. I watch a lot of sports. I love sports. With the exception of soccer and hockey. I'm sorry, soccer and hockey fans. It's just not. It never was my thing. Um... When I was younger, I played them both, like joking around. I had great time doing it, but it's just nothing that really translated later on, and you know, as I grew up. But I will tell you this: I watch a lot of sports, and I look at something, and I, I really appreciate people that watch it, look at it, and say, "No, this is why this team is better, and this is why this team is going to win." That's what you need to do, not backtracking. Anything else other than that is unacceptable, especially if you're getting paid. You know. I could see Kobe Bryant going for like 35 points tonight. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I could totally see if he got five and didn't play well. I mean, that could happen too. What? What? You're stealing money. Doesn't make any sense. Stick to what the fuck you think. Um. So I'm predicting Oklahoma City. Hey, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'd rather be that. I'd rather be that than you know than. I don't know. Just being a flip flop or saying whatever. Charles Barkley was talking about the the Oklahoma City uh, Spurs series, and he said, "You know, it's a pick'em. It could go either way. That's different. That's different because a pick'em is like he really, he really can't decide. What I'm talking about is somebody who goes, yeah, I like Oklahoma City in six.'" 
but it could go. First of all, if you're going to say you like a team in a certain amount of games, but it can go either way, at least make it seven. Don't say six. You know, I like one team. I like them to sweep them. They're going to sweep them four games, four in a row. I could totally see if the other team swept them, though. <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. That'd be a funny sketch, like an SNL sketch. Or a guy that just can't commit, or he just says the he says something strong one way, and then opposite the other. That would be that would be really funny. I, I am telling you right now, I have seen enough in sports to know. I have seen enough in sports to know that the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to sweep the San Antonio Spurs in four games. That is definitely going to happen. But I'll tell you what. I will tell you what, if the San Antonio Spurs swept the Oklahoma City Thunder in four games, I would not be surprised. could go either way. <laughs> it could go either way with that sweep. <laughs> uh, it's getting late, people. I'm getting silly. I keep sipping my water. My fucking eyes are burning. Okay. So we did the movie, The Dictator. We got through some through some sports. I'm sorry again, guys. I, I've been kind of concentrating on the Yankees. Like, very, very, like, just... Touch and go. I wait to the NBA playoffs, and then I have no choice. And then I'm sure once I go to a Yankee game, I'll feel better. But um, not into that yet. And that's it. I am hoping that when I go to San Antonio, I could get to a game out there. Um, and I also have some other dates that I wanted to actually talk about and plug right now. So let's do this here. I will be... I just got some dates added. Um, I think I talked about... I don't know if I talked about it, but I got some other ones that are going to be coming too. I will be going to Cincinnati, Ohio at Go Bananas Comedy Club in Cincinnati, Ohio in October. And I will be going to Jacksonville, Florida to the Comedy Zone in... Actually, I'm going to be opening for Bill Burr at the Cincinnati... Uh, Go Bananas and the Comedy Zone in Jacksonville. Um, and then I will be featuring for Willie Barcena at the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club in San Antonio in July. I'm going to be headlining the River Center Comedy Club in June. June, uh, so, so let's go in order. June 6th through 10, I'll be headlining the River Center Comedy Club. In San Antonio, Texas. I will then come back, stay home for a couple of days. I will fly out and work with the legendary Dom Herrera, who I'll be opening for at the Punchline in Atlanta, Georgia, June 14th through 17th. Okay, then I come back and... Um, what the fuck? You know something? I'm so bad with this. I'm sorry. Let me Let me try to... Let me try to see here. I'll give you the dates right now. Fresh new dates. And I'm sorry if... Okay, yes. Then I will be headlining. I will be headlining July 5th and 6th. I will be headlining Comics at Foxwoods Casino. Resort and Casino. July 5th and 6th. Okay, then after that, I go back to San Antonio. I'll be middling for Willie Barcena at the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, then I'll plug other dates later. So right now it's just uh, San Antonio, River Center, June 6th through 10th, and the Punchline, um, June 14th through 17th, and July 5th and 6th, Comics at Foxwoods, 
So if you're out at the casino for Fourth of July weekend, come out to that. I will be headlining. Uh, Adrian Appalucci, very funny, my friend. She will be there with me, so it's going to be a great time and a great show. So come out to that shows. And then I just did add some other dates. Like I said, I got the Cincinnati, I got the Jacksonville, uh, also MGM in Vegas, a bunch of stuff coming up, coming out. And I'm waiting for some. I'm waiting for even. You know, I'm waiting for some other cities uh, to come out. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, trying to get to uh, Seattle, Arizona, Colorado, um, and San Francisco. So those those four are, are on there. So if you like my stuff, if you like the podcast, um, I'm also going to be having some of my newest material. I have not had, if you guys noticed, because I'm, I'm going to be putting my first album out. My first comedy album should be coming out. If it's not out by the very end of this year, it'll be coming out at the beginning of next year. But my first comedy album, uh, let me tell you something, is going to be coming out soon. So I have not been really eager to throw out some material, but I just did a big, long uh, headline set at a beautiful club, and we got great footage from it. So I think what I'm going to do is kind of give a little sneak peek and uh, throw like three or four jokes up on YouTube and on the site to check that out. So you guys could check that out. And again, I am trying to go to San Francisco, Seattle, Colorado, and Arizona. And um, those should should happen and fall into place by this year or no later than beginning of next year. So I'm working on it. Uh, people saying, when you coming out here, when you coming out here, I'm doing that. But you could also go to fucking Vegas. Why don't you make a trip to Vegas if I'm out there for a week? I'll hang out with you. We'll fucking hang out. We'll drink. You say, hey, I'm here. I'm here to see a show and get... I know you'll be lying to me because you won't be there for me. But what you could do is you could do that whole lying excuse thing where you're like, hey, we saw you were in Vegas and we happen to say, oh, let's go to Vegas for a vacation. You really went there to lose your fucking money and eat cheap and do that stuff. But I'll still nod my head and go, oh, great. I can't believe you came out here. You'll make me feel good about myself. We both lied to each other and or you lied to me and then I lied to myself trying to believe it. All right. Uh... Episode 63, that was it. I know it was very stand-up comedy and comedy-filled, so I do apologize for you people if you're just like, ah, fuck, I wanted to hear him talk about this. But hey, listen, all you gotta do, email me, you know, and say, hey, I wanna talk about this. Go to iTunes and say, hey, I listen to this show, when are you gonna talk about this? We could do from the fans again, send some questions, um... You know, don't make this send the obvious questions, like I said. That's why, you know, the from the fans can't always be on because when you do it, some of us, what's it like to get on stage and say a joke? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's got to be, you know, something different. Um, But, you know, that's, uh, that's, you guys, I do this for you guys and, you know, to get my stuff out there. Like I said, this is like a diary of, uh, an audio diary of what's going on, but also some stuff that I want the people and the supporters and the fans who have been absolutely great to me. And I didn't realize how cool and powerful it was until I go out to shows and people come up to me. It's fucking amazing. So, um, you know, keep doing it and, and keep listening and tell people. And please send the fucking comments because I run into people and then I see a comment and I'm like, oh, cool, man. They like the podcast. The podcast is go going good. And and then all of a sudden I'll go somewhere and someone will say like the nicest thing about my podcast and they'll remember things from my podcast and say, oh, you said this and I remember that and it's awesome. I'm like, holy shit, man, like that, I can't believe that person, you know, that dude or that woman actually remembered or like quoted something I said on my podcast and then they don't go to fucking iTunes and, and, and say something about it. So go to iTunes, please. 
send, you know, the this thing will grow more. Trust me, I'm going to be, um, I'm actually in the works right now of doing, so. you know, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Hopefully something really cool happens with the podcast in the next couple of weeks. But, um, you know, and I'm also thinking about, I don't know, some people are saying you should get some kind of intro music. Or you should get some kind of theme music for when the Verzi effect starts. I kind of like going straight into it, but um, I don't know. That's something that I'm thinking about. If you guys think I should do it, let me know. Email me. Put something, post me, Facebook me, something to let me know. Uh, I really like the feedback, and I will listen to the feedback. If I agree with it, you know, then we'll do it that way. So that's it. I, I appreciate you. And uh, I hope you enjoyed episode 36. I would say definitely um, if you ever see John Witherspoon, the guy from the Friday movies performing, it's not just an old guy doing shit from those movies. Uh, it's very little of that. And then it's a, a, an old veteran comedian who's trying to be relevant and talk about funny shit. And he was saying some shit that was so fucking funny, man. Um, so check him out too. Um, and I will keep you guys Posted on everything going on with the SB writing and all that stuff. So thank you very much. Um, you guys know the schedule. Oh, by the way, the new paulverzi.com website. Well, not new. You know, just updated with shows. There's actually a bunch of new photos on there. Um, and and I did all, all, all kinds of stuff. So, so it's, uh, you know, going to be completely updated within a day or so. Waiting on some new dates to put on there. But I will put it up uh, as soon as possible. And um, that's it. So thank you very much. I'll talk to you guys soon. And um, Oklahoma City beating the Spurs in six. And I'm sticking to it because I'm not a pussy.